My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Now, here's a true story about our president, Mr. Donald J. Trump and his great big heart, one that pertains to that young lady from out Sweden way, that Greta, what's her name? You know, the teenage firebrand been shouting up a storm about the planetary environs, showing up at the United Nations and such to admonish her elders on how the days are heating up faster than God intended. Blames it on automobiles and good old factories and the like, she does, and demands, demands that the grown-ups do something about it. And tutti sweet, if you please. The news folks, they can't get enough of her, even named her Person of the Year. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I've been plowing 200 hard acres all my life to feed this great nation, and nobody named me anything of the year. Then here comes this youngster hollering at premiers and presidents like they're recalcitrant schoolchildren, and she lands cover-wise on periodicals. But I'm not here to complain of that, for I am a modest man who desires no such accolades. No, I'm, I'm here to relate a surprising turn of events with regard to Miss Greta, the wholly accurate tale of how she and our great president, Mr. Trump himself, became the very best of friends. It started on a fine spring day, see? Clear blue skies and 72 degrees with a decided lack of humidity. The kind of day you wake up and say, I can't think of a single thing wrong in the world. But not so for our Miss Greta. No, sir. The weather may have been temperate, but she was intemperate. Downright cross, in fact. Pacing round her hotel room in our nation's capital... "'Do you know how much coal was used to make that bedspread?' says she to her poor put-upon mama. "'And the curtains,' she adds. "'They're not vegan. "'Why, this room is an ecological disaster.' "'Now, dear,' says her mama, "'try not to rile yourself so. "'You've a tete-a-tete with senators, mayors, and congressmen today, "'and you'll need a clear head to give them what for.' "'Never mind that,' snaps the girl, looking out the window at one of our national treasures. "'How much carbon do you think the Washington Monument gives off?' "'Plenty, I'll bet. "'Why, it's like to visit tuberculosis upon half the city's population.' Her mama sighed, thinking that Greta was at that age when her brain should be filled with parties, boys, and the cacophony of that rock and roll music the youth so enjoys.' Instead, her daughter was obsessed with matters best handled by God, government, and corporate America, and that made Mama sad. Suddenly, there was a knock at the door, an authoritative knock, as if from the knuckles of a good and steadfast Christian. That sound, says an angry Greta, it only reminds me that door is manifest of endangered trees. But endangered or not, Mama opened the door, and with that, her jaw dropped. For there, standing six foot eight in a dark red and in a dark suit and jaunty red tie, was none other than the President of the United States. Mama stammered, You're d d d Donald J. Trump, ma'am, says the Commander in Chief, at your service. But but what are you doing here? says the lady. Well, replies the President, 
I heard tell there was a young gal here what forgot about fun, that she spends long days fretting over the planet instead of traipsing merrily through the verdant oasis of childhood. It's true, weeps Mama, for she suffers deep ecological anxiety. That won't do, says the President. Let's see if I can't put a smile on her face. What do you propose, queries Mama? I propose, says the President, that she attend a good old-fashioned movie with friends. But she has no friends, says Mama, her eyes filling once more. Only political allies. The President placed a reassuring hand on the woman's shoulder. She does indeed have a friend, said the man, and that friend is me. So Mama turns to her daughter and says happily, Greta, you're going to the movies with the President of the United States of America. I'll do no such thing, says the youngster, staring crosswise at the President, for I've meetings with senators, mayors, and congressmen today, Democrats all, and enemies of this, this conservative. Now, now, says the President, don't be recalcitrant. And then he takes out his cellular telephone device. For I happen to have here the King of Sweden, a good pal of yours truly, and he's got something to say to you. So Greta took the phone. Hello, says she. Hello, Greta, came the familiar voice of the Swedish monarch. Mr. Trump wishes to escort you to the Flickers. Well, you best do as he prescribes, lest you incur the wrath of your beloved homeland. But, 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 stammers Greta, but the king was having none of it. No excuses, says he, for as Trump commands, so must ye do. And with that he hung up. A dejected Greta handed the telephone back to the president. As you wish, she sighed, staring at the floor. Hot dog, says Mr. Trump, for there was nothing he loved more than a day at the Bijou. But wait, there was something he loved more, and that was helping children. Milady, says the president, with endearing formality, as he offered the girl his arm. Remembering the admonishment from her king, Greta took it. Though from her expression, you'd have thought the president's strong, sure limb was made of red-hot lead. Our carriage awaits, says he, leading the gal downstairs to the hotel lobby and out the revolving doors to a real carriage, one pulled by a real horse. But, but I thought you'd have a big polluting limousine, says Greta, not an environmentally sound horse and carriage. Oh, says Mr. Trump, I just figured you'd get a kick out of it. I do normally employ, said Limo, when I'm out and about. The girl looked crestfallen, but then the president added, don't anguish over my accustomed vehicle. It's very ecological, see, because it uses recycled gasoline. Recycled gasoline, says Greta. I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, says the president, it's just a little something I cooked up in my laboratory, which is right off the West Wing. I'll be releasing it to the public very shortly. It'll change the world. I'd no idea, says Greta, trying not to sound impressed. She sat beside him on the carriage box as Mr. Trump took the reins and led the horse down the avenue. After a mile or two, the president asked the girl if she'd like to drive. Well, says Greta, sounding a bit churlish, I suppose I could try. Sure, says the president. Just use a firm but gentle hand, kind of like how I steer the United States. So the gal maneuvered the carriage along block after block under the president's watchful eye, 
and if she didn't smile, she didn't scowl either. As they drove, cars slowed down to honk and wave. You're doing a great job, Mr. President, they'd shout, or thank you, sir, for saving our country. Mr. Trump waved back at each and every constituent, though to her surprise, Greta noticed him blushing at such praise. Before long, they'd arrived at the movie picture, at the moving picture palace, and the gal frowned at the neon lights gracing the facade. Such a waste of energy, says she. This place must have a yeti-sized carbon footprint. Oh, they're not so bad, says the president, helping her down from the carriage. Look at what those ones say over the marquee. And the young lady's jaw nearly dropped when she saw the words, Welcome Greta, flashing on and off in bright green. Just a little something we cooked up for your first taste of American entertainment, says Mr. Trump. Do you like it? I, uh, I, says the girl. I guess I don't dislike it. Really, says the president. Really, says Greta. I mean, you might even say it's, it's okay. That's what I like to hear, says the commander-in-chief. And the pair of them stepped into the theater lobby where Mr. Trump purchased two tickets to a cowboy flick with his favorite actor, Pleasant Bee Trails. Surely, says Greta, another peon to the patriarchy with violent men and disposable women. Oh, no, says the president. Pleasant Bee Trails is quite the gentleman. When he's done scrapping with the bad guys, he treats the ladies with great respect. He's a dashing gentleman to the fair sex. He was about to go on in praise of his hero when he was overwhelmed by a delicious aroma. Oh, glory, says Mr. Trump. Nothing tempts my taste buds like the smell of fresh popcorn. Not me, says Greta, for corn represents pesticide runoff, land erosion, and the wasteful employment of water. Undaunted, the commander-in-chief ordered two large tubs of the stuff with extra butter, not to mention two big soda pops. High fructose corn syrup, sniffed the young lady, another dash of the devil crop. But the president directed her to take the tub and the cup, reminding her that Sweden's monarch would disesteem her refusal. The unlikely pair then settled in their seats, and as people approached to congratulate Mr. Trump on his groundbreaking tax cuts and Middle East policy, he warmly shook their hands and kissed their children's foreheads. But you'll forgive me if I cut this short, says he to each and every well-wisher, for I am with my friend Greta, and it would be impolite to divide my attention. Well, says Greta, somewhat reluctantly, you seem to be popular enough. Oh, says the modest president, I try to keep in good stead with the people who employ me, the citizens of the United States, I mean. I, I suppose that makes sense, says Greta, but they seem not just to respect you, they... They seem to like you. I hope so, says Mr. Trump, for I like them. It it must be nice, says Greta, to have a friend who likes you. With that, the commander-in-chief gently patted her hand. Why, Greta, says he, you do have a friend who likes you. The girl quickly turned her head away, but Mr. Trump wondered if he didn't see, just for a moment, a single tear emerge from the corner of her eye. He left off such pondering, though, as the lights came down and the flicker displayed across the silver screen. 
Legends of the Prairie, it was called, and rated G, of course. For Pleasant Bee Trails, he'd have no truck with blue language or behavior. No, sir. Just daring do and narrow escapes, not to mention fisticuffs with the villains, Evil D and his gang of cattle rustlers. And were they not ten minutes into the photo play when, as the rustlers lassoed Mr. Trails and tossed him off a cliff, the president heard a tiny sound, a sound he recognized as the child beside him, Greta, catching her breath. The president smiled, knowing that the resourceful hero would save himself from certain death, this time with the help of a convenient tree branch and his faithful horse, Durbaville. Thank goodness, he heard the girl say when the hero was no longer in extremis. And then, perhaps without thinking, she dipped into the popcorn and lifted a few kernels to her mouth. But there were more adventures to come for the valorous cowboy, as he was shot at, stampeded, tied to a cactus, and near drowned. By the time Pleasant was locked in a burning barn, Mr. Trump saw that Greta was literally on the edge of her seat, unable to take her eyes off the screen, twixt great handfuls of popcorn and gulps of beverage. In fact, came the end of the picture, with Pleasant having saved Becky Sue's ranch from the dreaded gang, the tub and the cup were empty. Can you imagine? Did you enjoy the moving picture, asked the president, as the credits rolled and the lights came up? Goodness, replied Greta, wasn't the hero fearless? A good lesson for you, says Mr. Trump, wouldn't you say? Oh, uh, yes, says Greta, a lesson to be brave when fighting, you know, global warming and stuff. And wasn't he handsome, that pleasant bee trails? Oh, I suppose, says the president, I'm really no judge, though. But Becky Sue seemed to take a, chi- take a shine to him. Yes, says Greta, I wish I were Becky Sue. Sorry, says Mr. Trump. Oh, uh, says Greta, I said, we must no longer burn coal. That's what I said. I see, says the commander-in-chief. It sounded like something else, but okay. And the duo left the theater, ascending once more onto the horse-drawn carriage. Now to my meetings, asked Greta, to see senators, mayors, and congressmen. If the president wasn't mistaken, he detected a shade of disappointment in her voice. But he simply replied... Not yet, Greta, not yet. No, says the child. No, dear, says the commander-in-chief, for we've some place yet to go, a place that will ease your anxiety about our precious home, the planet Earth. Oh, that would be a tonic, says the girl, but where could such a place be? You'll see, says the president, but he kept mum the rest of the way. Kept mum, that is, until they came in sight of a whitewashed wooden church, the old Baptist country church of Washington, D.C. Observe thy deliverance, says Mr. Trump, for here wilt the scales fall from thine eyes, my wandering pilgrim. And within moments, the president was holding open the well-worn panel door that Greta might enter the quiet citadel as the floorboards creaked neath her feet. But who is here to comfort me, she asked. Great scientists and world leaders? No, says the president, gently closing the door behind them. Neither scientists nor leaders, but something far more powerful. What, asked the girl in wonderment, what could be greater than that? The strongest folk of all, says Mr. Trump, ladies and gentlemen of simple faith. And Greta looked about, 
observing gaunt-faced parishioners in threadbare clothing, heads bowed in silent prayer. "'What do they pray for?' asked Greta. "'Food and shelter?' "'No,' says the president. "'They pray not for themselves. "'They beseech the Lord for others, "'begging Jesus to preserve our nation and our planet.' And with that, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces, and the wisest leader America has yet known, bowed his head in worship. Tears formed in Greta's eyes as she was overcome with the need, the need to join the imprecation. And indeed, she lowered her head, clasping her hands in, in a tiny, humble voice, asking the Son of God to shine his light. Shine his light not only upon the world, but also upon her new friend, the tall man in the red necktie. An hour later, as the carriage made its way back to her hotel, the sleepy gal leaned her head against the president's strong shoulder. Tell me again, says she with a friendly yawn, how we must reduce EPA regulations to save jobs and bolster the economy. Oh, I'd say I filled your head with enough truth for one day, says Mr. Trump, his voice low and comforting. No need to concern yourself so. I suppose, says Greta, her eyes closing to the gentle rocking of the carriage, not with Jesus in my corner. And a moment before the Sandman carried her off, she thought how fine it would be to encourage today's youth to drive big cars and expose the red Chinese hoax of global warming. Yes, sir. Play me out, Zeke. <laughs>